2: You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube.
1: What's black and white and red all over? What? The Pittsburgh Penguins after that beat down last night. <laughs> Let's get into it with the lead.
0: Someone gave bag milk access to the buttons. It's a Friday. We are ready to go. We are in fine Friday form. Things that have happened today at the office. We've talked about how much we're enjoying the fact the Oilers beat the hell out of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Someone brought a, dropped off a bunch of beer here.
1: Yep. We're living good. All because Devin's score scored. Sure. We well, well you didn't know. You didn't see it. That's if
2: Devin's score scores, but Liam is not there to see it, did it ever really happen?
1: A tree falls in the forest, but nobody hears it. Did it even happen? That's what I'm saying. There is a lot
0: of news to get to around the NHL. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day. Coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio. Pre-order your Sam Lafferty Oilers jerseys now. (laughs) Nah, Sam Lafferty's not an Oiler yet. Um, Like I said, a lot of news to get to, though. Check out the Sports Closet, sportscloset.ca. Shout out to everyone watching on the Nation Network YouTube channel. The chat is bumping. Sebastian. Okay, the last name is B-O-Z-Z-O. Is it Sebastian Bozo or Bozo? Oh, he's a Bozo. All right, Sebastian, welcome into the chat. I think it's the first time I've ever seen you comment, so welcome to the show. If we're saying it wrong, correct us, and we might start saying it right. But he's in with the first comment of the day and says, Ken Holland, make a move. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Bag milk's around two. It's the bro down on Fridays brought to you by our friends at Star Mechanical. You can check them out online at starmechanical.ca. They've been one of Edmonton's top new home plumbing installers for the last 20 years. You see a truck that looks like this driving around, you know, there's some serious plumbing or heating getting done. Call them 780-481-8873. <laughs> yeah.
1: They're uh-huh. probably very busy right now. Why? Because minus a million outside. Sure. Actually, that's a great point. <laughs> yeah. That's a great People point. We need that heat. Maybe some plumbing stuff too. Two Types freezing. Two for one at Star Mechanical.
0: Uh, we are going to get into our three big things brought to you by AMA Travel in a second because that was a great game last night to watch against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I went out to a local watering hole to take in the game and I it took me a little bit longer than I thought to drive there. The Oilers were down one nothing by the time I sat at my seat. I didn't see the one goal against I'm going to pretend it never happened because once I sat down and started watching the Oilers were absolutely nails for the rest of that hockey game. We'll break it all down in a second, Um, but news. So yesterday we got the big trade touch on that waivers today. Kevin Gravel is on waivers. Our former Former friend, former Oiler. Do we want one of the greats? Do we want him back?
2: I think arguably. Yeah.
0: I think he's on... You haven't seen in our socials. Zach Lang is walking around Rexall Place today. Rexall Place. He's like, if you go to our Instagram, it's great content. I like to think that they actually found Kevin Gravel in the arena and we're like, oh shit, you belong to someone. And then Nashville's like, yeah, we got to put you on waivers now. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen's also on waivers today.
2: He made that giveaway last night. and That was it. Pittsburgh had enough. Yeah. No
0: more. See ya. I don't blame him interesting. He's got one more year at 3.2 million, but I think this kind of goes to emphasize, like if Kasperi Kapanen is a guy that can clear through waivers, I would imagine you can get Warren Fogle through waivers. Granted, you probably don't want to do that right now because Warren Fogle is on an absolute heater, but Kasperi Kapanen has scored double-digit
1: goals, Liam. I'm seeing this. Uh, Four straight years? Yeah. He has seven goals this season, 43 games and 20 points. Like, Mm -hmm. It's not like he's been bad this season. He's been a good depth forward for a team Mm -hmm. that thought they were going to Contender maybe a little bit better than they are right now. So I don't know. Like if he gets through, then I understand it. obviously the money and everything, but he's still like an NHL player who can, if he depended on, if I was a team,
0: Arizona, if Columbus could find the money, basically any team who's out of it right now and probably doesn't have plans to win next season. Anaheim. I would throw in this mix, pick up Kapanen for free. Get an NHL player. He's a guy who randomly go through stretches for fifteen to twenty games where he looks like a top six forward. Bank on one of those heaters coming next year. Trade him for a second round pick at next year's deadline. Like that's the yeah. trajectory I could see here.
1: I think it's interesting too. One thing to consider is if he clears waivers, mm-hmm. then that means he's on a two way deal essentially. Well, so no, then he's can, down in the American League, but yeah. they can like then trade him whilst he's in the yeah. American League, and the team who maybe is contending a little bit more, say you retain 50% on him. You got a player. You can play in the league. I mean, yeah. Maybe that just adds a bit more trade value to him. Cause people were talking about that with Paul Yarby as well. Like if they mm-hmm. did put him on waivers, whenever that was last week, whatever, if he cleared, then it would have been a little bit, a little bit better for them.
0: Huh. I, I think with Pugliarvi, like cap and clearing, I compared it to Fogle because of the extra year. Pugliarvi done at the end of this year and he's an RFA. So I feel like teams might be more inclined to take a stab at Pugliarvi if you were to be put on waivers. Um, the other news is that Spencer Martin of the... Um, sorry, jeez. Spencer Knight of the Florida Panthers, their goalie has entered the NHL player assistance program as well. So uh, sending your best to Spencer Knight and obviously for a Florida team in the mix right now of the playoffs, that's, that's an, that's a noteworthy piece of news. They may be in the market for a goalie here over the next couple of weeks. Um, you are all very, very active in the chat. If you're watching, hammer that like button. Guitar Maniac says Brad Holland was at the Pred Sharks game yesterday in San Jose with the eyes emoji. If you think that has anything to do with Eric Carlson, you're wrong. They know, Ooh. they've seen plenty of Eric Carlson. They're not going, they're not going to do a pre-scout on February 24th to be like, we should uh, take a look, see if this Carlson guy is worth acquiring, hey? but well, maybe just another look, you know? Yeah. It's Brad like Holland watching Shawshank
2: him. Redemption over and over again. It's great no matter how many times you've watched it.
0: Uh, that is true. I think mm-hmm.
1: the more significant side of that would be Nashville. A hundred percent. But I do think it adds more value to it when Brad Holland is there and it's not just like, oh, the Oilers have 20 scouts at this game tonight, because believe it or not, scouts go to hockey games every day of the week. I don't believe it. Well, you're a scout. I'm there. Maybe you'll see me one day at Nashville, San Jose. (laughs) Maybe. For the crew.
0: For the Crusaders. Scouting for your AJHL team. Yep. (laughs) Uh, One team to certainly keep an eye on today, as well is the New York Rangers. They've held a couple of players. Vitaly Kravtsov and Jake LeCision out of the lineup for trade-related reasons. Um, I think there's a real chance Patrick Kane is a New York Ranger by dinnertime, Sunday at the latest.
2: How good are the Rangers going to be?
0: We talked, yeah, we talked about this yesterday on the show when you were here, but like, it's stupid how good their top nine is.
2: They're ridiculous. Yeah. To ridiculous. go out and get Tarasenko and potentially Patrick Kane over and above that is just like, what are we doing
0: here? Um, the chat is running wild with the idea that the Oilers are scouting Roman Yossi. Yep. Roman Maybe. Yossi and UC Soros for Darnell Nurse and Jack Campbell. Who says no?
2: Nobody, probably <laughs> <laughs> fair deal.
0: Absolutely no one. Um, all right, let's talk about the game last night. We're gonna we get more time for trade talk. There was a big deal yesterday. Orlov's going to Boston. We'll dissect all of that. But first, our three big things for AMA travel. Bag Milk and I are going to Toronto in less than a month, and mm-hmm. there are two spots left. If you want to join us, it includes your flights to and from Toronto. Your rides to and from the airport in Toronto. Tickets in a gondola suite. Edmonton, Toronto. Saturday night hockey night in Canada. Scotiabank Arena. Going to be a good time.
2: Pinball Clemens will be there.
0: Pinball Clemens. <laughs> 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 he honestly might. Yeah. You've been throwing out Drake and Bieber in the weekend. Pinball Clemens. I. It's a non-zero chance, right? that we meet Pinball Clemens. So, so you, you want to risk there. missing out on the chance to meet Pinball Clemens with Bag Milk and I?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I'll have to come now. I well, yeah, and consider meeting Pinball
0: Pinball Clemens is going to be there? <laughs> yeah, you better come. That's worth the money. What are, what are the dates on it again? March 10th to 12th. Games on the 11th. Sweet. Meet and greet with Pinball is either the 10th <laughs> or the 12th.
1: <laughs> Somewhere in there. Uh,
0: if you buy one of the last spots, you have to share a room with Pinball Clemens.
2: <laughs> yeah. The other person shares one with Doug Flutie.
0: Oh, man. Uh, three big things from last night's hockey game. Aaron Yasher, put it up. <laughs> He's got a picture of Pinball Clemens.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Your next roommate, Pinball Clemens. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Aaron, flash up the other photo you had because you know who gets the big, the first big thing from last night's hockey game? It is our pal, Devin Score. Wow. 13 minutes on the ice. He finds the back of the net. And as Liam pointed out, he looked like he didn't know what the hell to do when that puck <laughs> went in. Devin Shore and Yesopul are this year's Derek Roy and Nail Yakupov. Mm. You can't convince me otherwise. One trio on the Oilers, one trio. Played north of ten minutes together at five on five. It was the trio of Derek Ryan, Devin Shore, and Yesabuliyarvi playing eleven minutes and six seconds. No trio on the Oilers played more than four minutes together. Those guys were up at eleven. They outshot the Penguins five to one in that span. This is a heater that is probably not going to last. What? But in the moment, as you go throughout the course of a season, you need these little runs where you get boosts from bottom six players. They are getting one from the duo of Shore and Pugliarvi over the last couple of games. Devin Shore has played his best six periods as an Edmonton Oiler over the last two games.
2: I was going to say that's the best two games that Devin Shore has played since being recalled in quite some time. You got a really nice assist the other day, whatever that day was. (laughs) <laughs> and then last night, the goal, the first goal in 41 games, like, come on, a little love for Devin Shore.
1: I just can't believe they left him open in that spot. Everybody Sniper. knows that's where he scores from. Mm-hmm. He's, every goal he has this season is from That's us. his office. That is the score office.
2: <laughs> I can't believe you missed
1: it. I can't either. I was, so I guess the story behind it was I was doing an interview for my own podcast. Which is what? Uh, Extra time with Liam Harbin. New episode out now. If you footy
0: fans, give it a look. Yeah. Listen.
1: Yeah. So I was doing it with a guy called Tom Sweezy from the MLS Aces, and we were talking about the MLS season coming up. And all of a sudden, my phone is blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> it was like buzz, buzz, buzz. The whole thing I was like, what is going on? And eventually I opened it and there you have it, folks. Devin's score on the back of the net. I, could, I didn't even see his assist against Colorado. I didn't see this goal live. All I've seen him do is take some minor penalties, which have helped the others get goals. So he is, all jokes aside, on fire right now. Nothing can stop the score. <sighs>
0: He's looking great. Uh, I said this isn't a heater that's going to last, and people are taking that, again, the wrong way. Sergeant Battle says, Tyler isn't hating on shore. (laughs) Um, Yeah, someone said Tyler doubting Devin's score? Foolish, I tell you. Cato, I'm not doubting the guy. He's played great. Well, actually, I am doubting his ability to consistently do this, but the point is, he's given them a nice little spark here, and they're going to add a couple of depth pieces ahead of the deadline, probably going to push devin score back down to the american league at some point but i do think this guy deserves a lot of credit for just being a soldier man like you've had to go up and down and up and down and all of this stuff come in give productive minutes to the edmonton oilers right now that's huge and i and i think it speaks a lot to the kind of professional he is honestly that you can go up and down not complain not whine about it and when it's your turn and you get tapped to hop over the boards
1: you go give this team everything you got i I think he gets undervalued in that sense of things Like people like, that's what I like about Devin Shaw is like, not obviously he's not a superstar player. Like a, that's true, but just the fact he's like just a team guy and he's yeah. just like, yeah, I'll go down to Bakersfield like, is what it is. Like he did an interview on Gregor's show last week when he came back up and he just mm-hmm. said like, sometimes it just feels good to go and put the puck in the net a few times and gain that confidence back. And he said, that's what has helped him get back into the mojo in the NHL. And, if you look at his AHL numbers, he is, he's, he's not an AHL player. He's somewhere in that middle ground. He's like, In baseball, they'd call him a quad A player. Essentially. Yeah. Like he's over a point per game player in the American league, yep. however long he's been there. So yeah, like, obviously we're not expecting this every night, but if you can go out there and mm-hmm. give a positive impact when you're actually on the ice, if you're drawing penalties, scoring, assisting, whatever it is, I'm like, awesome.
0: <laughs> there he is. Look at that! That's after last game when he took the double minor high stick, bled a little bit, gave the Oilers a chance to win the hockey game. Uh, I Pratt-
1: believe he was only twenty eight.
0: Yeah, like he wasn't drafted all that long ago. No,
1: he was a second round pick. Yeah. 2012 draft when we did the
0: Oilers. This. We've talked about this a handful of times on the show, but for people who've missed it, mm-hmm. the Oilers absolutely love picking up players from the 2012 draft. Oh, yeah, They basically collected the whole damn thing. Yakupov, Ryan Murray, Griffin, Reinhart, Slater, Cuckoo. They have four of the top 10 from that draft. At some point it played. Cody CC was a first rounder in that season as well. A lot of players. Pontus, Pontus Aberg. Aberg. Yeah.
1: Yep, There's a, I, I, that quiz, I think there was 21 players.
0: Anthony Stolars. All the boys. All the, the score. Devin score, last pick of Jujar. the second round. Jujar in the third round. Correct. A lot of pieces the Oilers have had their hands on from that draft. Uh, my second big thing from last game, actually, I wanted to wrap up with this comment from Pradneski who uh sums up the Devin Shore talk perfectly. Connor better watch out. 45 more, and Devin's tied with him. <laughs> Big game from the Oilers captain last night as well. He gets my second big thing because that first goal he scored stupid. It, It shows that he is operating in a different dimension than almost anyone else on the ice. When you can walk on a power play and be like, you know what? I think I can bank this puck off Tristan Jari's head. And then to perfectly place that shot where he did is unbelievable. We're going to get another look at at it here in a second, but on the power play, there are times when the Oilers are guilty of not shooting the puck enough, not just wanting to direct pucks in the net. They want to pass it into the net for McDavid to recognize that in the situation. I love seeing him get fired up like that after as well. A perfect shot, a perfect play. He's on a heater right now.
2: There was no room for that shot either. There was like a credit card sized hole for him to hit Jari in the back of the head and he nailed it.
0: Yeah. It was awesome. And then his second goal of the game comes on a penalty shot. I was very surprised. I think Jack said he's like one for five on penalty shots coming into that one, which is wild. I feel like I've seen him score on more penalty shots than that. But Brian Dumoulin has no choice but to knock him down, takes away the scoring chance. The ref gives everyone what they wanted. And that was a penalty shot. Was (laughs) what everyone wanted. Well, what we wanted, at least.
2: How about the Penguins fans just booing mercilessly by the end of the second period? Yeah. are were
1: they chiming to fire. Hextall. Hexdall, okay, I couldn't make it out. I was not sure if it's fire Hexdall or we want 10, one of the two. Uh, But, I mean,
0: poor Casey DeSmith had no shot on that play. Like, Connor McDavid just sent him into the corner, and then I like the cocky little move as we get another look at the goal here on the screen. Um, He didn't just slide it in on the ice. Like, you deke the hell out of him, and then you flip it into the top corner as well. Just nasty. McDavid was unreal again last night.
2: I think pissed. What was going on with the Penguins last night? They were terrible.
0: They were awful.
2: Awful.
1: Yeah.
0: That did not, like, we talked yesterday, short for a giant pregame edition of the show. Um... We talked about how they're probably going to come out desperate. That's a team that was in the, they are in the middle of a playoff hunt, looking to keep their super long playoff streak alive as a franchise. And every point's valuable for them to just absolutely fold the way they did was stunning to watch. They only had through 40 minutes of that hockey game. They had 12 shots on net. It's like the Oilers against the Flyers. It was brutal.
1: I think the Oilers just did what they went in there to do though. I think the Oilers dictated the game and allowed the game to flow through them. We've seen yeah. it so many times this season, mostly on home ice, where they just refuse to play their own game, or then they go on the road and they do this. But they've also in that when they played Pittsburgh earlier in the year, that was when McDavid kind of got hurt, right? And dry saddle took it over, but then yes. McDavid came back in the third. Correct. So I think the Stars just just love to play against Pittsburgh, to be honest. And maybe it's a. Maybe a little bit of an ego thing, but not in like a negative way in the sense of like, okay, Malkin and Crosby have kind of ran this league for a while. Now it's our turn to go and do it.
0: Our producer Aaron texted me and said the McDavid penalty shot goal also cashed the over after two disallowed goals earlier in the game. So a sweaty night for people yes. who are riding with the over in that hockey game as well. My
2: favorite bet last night for our friends at Betway is I went under 70 and a half shots. Over and it got to sixty eight, I think. Yeah. So I was sweating out the last couple of minutes. It's fun. I love shot props.
0: It got to sixty eight and Pittsburgh got a power play, and I was like, "Oh, here we go!" Like they're going to be throwing everything <laughs> at the net, and they just didn't. They looked like they weren't that interested at all. Yesterday, Bag milk, you like this? I ended up cashing on over one and a half power play goals, and it hit in the first period because the Oilers scored twice. You love to see it. My third big thing last night for our friends at AMA Travel is just the lockdown defense the Oilers played. I thought that was one of their most dominant performances in front of Stuart Skinner this season. We've talked a lot about how they seem to play way better in front of Jack Campbell and prevent chances way better in front of Jack Campbell. And there's been a lot of games this year that Stuart Skinner has not had that luxury. I thought Skinner was very good when called upon. But the point is the Oilers made life easy on big number 74 in last night's hockey game. Back-to-back games with save percentages north of 9.15 for Skinner. But I'm sure he would like a lot more performances like the one against Pittsburgh, where again, 12 shots through two periods. At five on five, 10 shots through two periods found their way towards Stuart Skinner. He shook off the early goal. Oilers played great, dominated. It was just a really dominant win. I think if we were to rank like the best... The games where the Oilers have looked the best this season, that game last night's top three,
2: I wrote that last night in the wrap up. at was Just like, I don't remember a shit stomping quite like that. This against season. a good team. Yeah, they were, they did exactly what they needed to do last night. Played great 60 minute effort. Love to see it.
1: What's your favorite game of the season? If that's the top three. I'm just curious. Oh man. Uh, I think the Vegas game is probably up there.
0: Yeah. Well, that for was, multiple reasons, both of them though. Oh, both Vegas games. Yeah. The OT winner. The OT and then one, the other one. It was yeah.
1: just a big one early in the season. Obviously, the one we were at in Vegas was fantastic, but
0: and that one too, like for them to gut that out, the second one against Vegas, Campbell playing the second and back to backs, you have just some depth goals mixed in there as well, and at a point when your season wasn't going that well to get that quality that kind of quality win on the road, you're right, Pittsburgh's up there, and that second win against Vegas is definitely up there what else What else sticks out to me? um there's a couple of stompings against bad teams in there, but I wouldn't put those like that far at the top. Going out on the road, beating the Kraken 7-2 in December. Again, that came at a point when you really, really needed it. That Comeback might... in New York against the Rangers. Oh, yeah, the comeback against comeback. the Rangers. Uh, the win saying... on home ice, sorry to cut you off. The win on home ice against the Lightning, too. 5-3 in January, that that's one. up there. I was yeah.
1: going to say the Chicago one, too, just for the fact of Matt Belen and just kind of the impact. Of oh, yeah. Vibes-wise, kinda... yeah. that one's up yeah. there. That was a good one.
0: Yeah. Let us know in the chat what's been your favorite win of the season. Owen and Major Distraction both said the home win against Tampa. And that one had some that one was spicy. At the Patrick Maroon incident, a couple of tilts mixed in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that one definitely is up there. People saying you need to get a Devin Shore jersey. Do
1: You know what? I I thought about it last night. I thought about it. We'll see, we'll see. Maybe if he re-signs I'll get one. Doesn't he have another year? Oh, this is the end of his this contract. Is the end cuz Oh, yeah, it is. So we'll Uh, see. I think Kiyaji might be back next season.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news...
2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Today, shooting 5.3% on the year. First goal on 19 shots. Shout out to Devin Shore. Um, that line again looked good, man. Yes, a pull RV can't buy one though. Poor guy. I mean, it's still frustrating to watch him fumble pucks and all of that. He does have three points in his last four games, but that play to go across the crease and hit the post, it's just bad luck.
1: Yeah. That is bad uh, luck. At least he's there, though.
0: He's playing better. Someone made that comment in the chat that like they don't like Pooly They've been hard on him, but he's been playing better these last few games. Hopefully, there's been some GMs in attendance because I still think he gets moved by the deadline. I know there's been a lot of talk, but, oh, they might extend them, blah, blah, blah. I, I think that's a guy who you can throw into a deal to clear up some cap
1: space. But I think he's going to finish it up here the longer really? this goes. I do too. I think it's more Fogel that maybe gets moved than Poyave. Fogel's really playing like, real good too. I agree. I think Fogel, in the grand scheme of things, when you look at his numbers for like where he is in the lineup, yep, got a decent season. 10 goals in 44 games. He actually has like turned it on as of late
0: and he's starting to change my mind about him as a player.
2: Most of his goals have come recently, have they not? Like the
1: last two months?
0: Three in his last five. Yeah. Three in his last five and five in his last ten, Liam.
1: I just think it's very curious now what the Oilers do, do because at some point if they want to make a move, they're going to have to obviously move out money. That's what Holland's been saying the whole time. But the money is Poyavi, Fogel, Barry, and Yamamoto. Yeah. Well, Barry's been really good. Yeah. Fogel and Puyavi have picked up their games quite well since this whole rumors of like one of us is going on the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. The one that hasn't is Yamamoto, and he's always hurt. Now I'm not trying to put this guy out anywhere, but like I feel like the gap between them all has now got a lot closer than it maybe was at the start of the season.
0: I think so, and I I wouldn't be surprised if inside the organization that mindset's kind of changed a little bit as well. Um, just cause again, you need guys who are going to be reliable. Yamamoto struggled to stay in the lineup. He did score last night as well, though. Last night was a big off the Schneid night. Yamamoto found the back of the net. Devin shore scored his first of the year as well. So Island, Tony says Yamamoto grossly overrated. Isaiah says trade Yamo. in Calgary says CC is so black. CC's been fighting it. I has been a having
2: play. a rough go. Uh, yeah. That, get, that goal against the Flyers where you just threw an absolute grenade into Philip Broberg's skates despite having all the time in the world. It's just yeah. like, settle it down, big guy.
0: Yeah. Um, there were some interesting comments here. Uh, we're going to get into the trade talk now. Big win last night. That's great. Playing Columbus tomorrow. Sounds like it's going to be a Jack Campbell start tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow morning for the Oilers in Columbus. That from Jack Michaels, the play-by-play voice of the Oilers for the last 1,001 games. That
2: surprised me. It just went by in a snap, Jack Michaels, 1,000 games.
0: Really is. They gave him a nice thing in the arena too, which mm-hmm, was cool yeah. for uh, game number one thousand. Uh, it was nice to see they kept flashing his parents last night. They were uh, oh, they were up there at the game because he's a Pennsylvania guy. Um, yeah, shout out to Jack Michaels, I guess. Love Jack. Someone was asking if the oil if there's any value in the Oilers trading Oscar Clefbaum's contract, and the reason they're asking is because you know we recently saw Vegas trade Shea Weber's contract. Mm-hmm. So before I answer the Clefbaum side of it. Well, I'll go to the Weber thing because Frank explained this the other day on Daily Face Off Live. So the reason that made sense, the Arizona Coyotes had Dyson Mayo and they wanted to get rid of Dyson Mayo. He made $2.2 million against the cap, I believe, and his real dollars were about there as well. You bring in a guy like Shea Weber, who for the next two years, his real dollars are very low. He's one of those like old school backdiving contracts, right? He's 7.8 against the cap for this year and three more, but his real salary starting next year dips down to one mil and stays at one mil for the final three years. Mm -hmm. So the coyotes, they get 7.8 million against the cap, but they only actually have to dish out $1 million in quote unquote real money, right? They only got to cut checks for a million bucks. You look at a guy like Dyson Mayo and he has, sorry, I just lost my Vegas page on my screen here. Um, He's down in the American League too. Dyson Mayo is basically $2 bucks going forward. So there's $2 million in real money there, $3 million in real money on Shea Weber. But by bringing in Weber, they get to crawl closer to the cap floor. Because as Frank pointed out, Arizona actually has an issue. If they're to move Chikrin and another piece, they'd be getting dangerously close to not having spent enough money. <laughs> While every other team is trying to stay under the salary cap ceiling, Arizona is trying to stay above the salary cap floor. So by getting Weber, or again, the real dollars are the exact same, but it gives Arizona more flexibility to sell off more assets while still staying above the cap floor. That's why that deal makes sense. Now, does it relate at all to Oscar Clefbaum? No. One, Oscar Kleffbaum's real dollars on the remainder of his deal are high. He's done after this year, but it's like 5.2 million this year. And there's no benefit to the Oilers trading him because they would still have to be operating in LTIR because they still have Mike Smith that they're sitting on there. And uh, they have Ryan Murray right there as well. So the only way I think it makes sense is if you can move out enough money to be fully operating under the salary cap, but it's just, it's too much. So no, it, it doesn't make sense for the Oilers to like attach cleft bombs deal to anything because it doesn't actually create more cap space for them in, in any way. So there you go.
1: It's interesting because his name was out there at the start of the season. He was yeah. on Frank's trade target board, mm-hmm. but I think it's a good question considering yeah the Shea Weber stuff. Like we're seeing this stuff happening right now, but yeah, Dyson and mail, not bad defensemen yep. to acquire two for depth.
0: Uh, dreams man is in and says, Elliot Friedman saying he doesn't think Patrick Kane or Eric Carlson is happening in Edmonton. um,
2: yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Pierre Lebrun over at the, the Athletic has Patrick Kane going to New York, Dallas, or Edmonton. So,
0: silly season. So, the thing with Kane, and Frank pointed this out on our show, Patrick Kane is going to pick one spot. He is going to go to the Blackhawks and say, I will go here, make a deal with him. Mm-hmm. If the Rangers are truly involved, and we believe that they're starting to be, he's going to pick the New York Rangers. We heard his comments a couple of weeks ago. I think Kane to the Rangers is going to happen. If Friedman says Kane or Carlson isn't going to happen, I think I believe him on that because he's a really good insider. Eric Carlson, we've talked for weeks now. It's just too complicated of a deal. A guy who I thought wouldn't have been that complicated of a deal that I would have liked to see the Oilers make a push for is Dmitry Orlov. That right. guy's off the board. He goes to the Boston Bruins yesterday. The deal is Orlov and Hathaway will flash it up for you so you can take a peek at it. And then Craig Smith goes to Washington to make the money work. A first, a second, and a third goes to Washington. And a fifth goes to the Minnesota Wild, who love taking picks for cap space. They keep 50% of Orlov's salary. Is that, Beg Milk, would you have done that deal if you were Ken Holland?
1: Yeah. I probably would have too.
0: I would have too. I think Orlov's that good.
2: It's It was interesting too. It kind of made me laugh last night because you guys were talking about Orlov yesterday on Others Nation Everyday. Yeah. And then as soon as the clips got posted from Waz, like an <laughs> hour later, they just away he went.
1: Yeah. And the thing when you look at that deal is too, I get it. The, the Washington, uh, sorry, Boston gave up a first, a third, and a second, and the fifth, right? That, those were all their picks that they moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. If you take out a Hathaway, you can probably get rid of one of those picks. I don't think the Oilers needed a Hathaway. So then it's not as expensive as it seems. Maybe it's a first, a third, and then you give away the fifth, and then you put in your cap dump, whoever that may be. For- would
0: have been like a fogel piece or Pugliar. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's the same money, essentially, for for Craig Smith. I was disappointed this trade happened. I wish the Oilers would have gone out and got all of. I tweeted last night I want Ken Holland to make a move, and I still do, but I do I believe he will do something. Something is going to happen. I just got that feeling he can't just sit around, but also the West isn't really doing much anyway. But the biggest move we've had, right, is probably the Weber trade. Trying to think off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, no one's made a splash out West. It's been O'Reilly to the Leafs, Tarasenko to the Rangers, Kane, you know, we're thinking maybe and then Orlov to the Bruins here. No one in the West has made their move yet. The West
1: is getting weaker. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, like as long as I get it. Like eventually if the Oilers are going to win the Stanley Cup, they're going to have to play someone in the East. But as long as everybody in the West is kind of staying pat and the others are currently tied for second in the Western Conference, I believe. And it's not as bad as it seems. You know what I'm trying to say?
0: No, I disagree. I, I think do too. I think you can't live your life going,
1: ah, th- no, no one else did anything. Like I agree. I'm I'm just saying, like, for this moment in time, yeah, it, I think it's okay still. I'm not the, panicked yet.
2: I think with the Western conference sending out players out east, now's the best time for the Others to make a move to improve mm-hmm. their footing within that sure. group.
1: Yeah, that's yep. that's true as well. I guess I, I was trying to say. If nothing's done done by the deadline, then yes, that will be incredibly yeah. frustrating. But for now, I think it's okay for us to be patient in a yeah. way.
0: Aaron, could you flash up the, um, the Capitals stuff? Because the Capitals are going into a full-on sell-off here. They're basically, the word is they're punting on this season. They recognize it's not their year. A lot of, a lot of things went wrong. John Carlson was hurt like the whole season. You missed Ovi for a bit. You missed Backstrom for a good chunk. Things didn't go your way. So this is who else the Capitals could be looking to sell off. Some people were talking about Tom Wilson. They're not going to move guys with term, I don't believe. I don't think they're going to sit. Yeah, like they want to contend next year. They got Alex Ovechkin for a few more years. They're not throwing in the towel and doing a full-on rebuild. They're throwing in the towel on this season. Lars Eller is a name we talked about yesterday. That's a guy that intrigued me. He'd give you some good veteran depth. He's a centerman. He's been a part of some long playoff runs in his career. Three and a half million bucks. I don't know if the Oilers can make that work unless you're going to get it retained twice. And are you going to give up an extra asset to get Lars Eller of all players retained twice? I don't know. The name that really intrigues me is actually Nick Jensen. Yeah. He's been a part of some playoff runs too. He's two and a half million. So if they keep half of Nick Jensen, suddenly you can make that money work. I would like to see that guy. He moves the puck well. I believe he can flip-flop and play the left and right sides. I think if you want to improve your defense's ability to make a first pass while not getting a guy who's an absolute liability, Nick Jensen's a good target. Frank thinks he could be Kulak-esque in terms of his asking price. So it's a second round pick and a minor level prospect going in. I think that's a really good fit for the Oilers. Nick Jensen is a guy I'd have on my list.
1: Fun fact about Nick Jensen, former Detroit Red Wing. That is also correct. Zach's oh, got look at eight. this. Do they know you took that? Oh,
2: yeah. I told
0: them I took Okay. I Zach Lang was, uh, boy, this show's taking a hard turn. Zach Lang was at Rexall Place Lord. today, the old Northlands Coliseum, and he stole a drink menu. Or not stole, took with permission. Yeah. All right.
2: Borrowed. Premium beer can, eight seventy five. Tyler.
0: Weren't those the days, hey? Oh, amen. You're not getting premium. Where are we going to put this? I don't know. yeah. We, right we could probably. The we, gonna, we could. We could. We need to get like a vintage Rexall like sign or a Skyreach sign too. If anyone's got a lead on that, yeah, we could hang it up somewhere in here. That's a good pull. Great stuff. And you took a bunch of old programs. Yeah,
2: there just like a bunch of
0: old programs. Can I see one? Or see wow. the whole stack? pass me one. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: That's good. I'll let you hold on to that. Um, NHL
1: scouts oh. thing. Oh, look at this. Ryan Jones. Yes.
0: On the cover of this one.
1: Oh, Oh, look at that. Game 1000. Jack Michaels. Wow, look at a young Jack on Isn't the cover of that one. Such a baby. Jack Michaels. You don't know Jack.
0: Hey, what anyone want to get to know Curtis Foster a little bit better? He'll probably
1: be around for
2: a while. Wow. Man, there's some skeletons on these books that you these guys are, are looking
0: so at. so cold. Jason Strudwick. Drop the puck with the Oilers' blue liner. Steve McIntyre. And cool stuff. Ooh, <laughs> big game. Saturday, February 19th, 2011, Oilers Thrashers.
2: If you haven't checked out the photos that Zach's been putting up, go check out his Twitter account, uh, SJ Lang on Twitter, or just the Oilers Nation Instagram account. There's a ton of that stuff up there. There's some really, really cool photos and videos going up on our socials.
1: Oh, really? Oh, cool. Well, <laughs> pocket schedule, yeah. All right. Well, this was neat. Advanced scouting Oilers versus Ducks. Who to watch? Corey Perry. As also, you would. Jonas Hiller. He's kind of stink, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he
2: can carry a slight smell of the best.
1: Also, someone to watch on the Tampa Bay Lightning who are coming up on, in a couple of weeks here in 2010. Brett Clark.
0: Yeah, you got to have that guy on your scouting report. Keep your report. eyes
1: on him. Yeah. yeah, leads the Lightning defenseman in points and has netted a game-winning goal and four power play goals this season. Good for him. 11 points in 25 games. Wow. That is, that is that was- not the Lightning team we know now. All right. Well, that is special. Well, I'll have an article up
0: on the site. Zach will have an article up on the site detailing all of this. Um, that was really cool. That was cool. All right. Uh, back to
1: the trade talk.
2: Also, just one last thing. Okay. Rexall plays still nicer in the Saddle Dome.
1: Yep. They oh. probably wish they played there. Probably. probably got some pitches here. There you
0: go. Look at that.
2: Aaron's on the ball.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah Aaron, you're killing it today, buddy. Uh, Ryan Osmond, Oilers Nation, selling premium beers full time. I'm here for it. Yeah, why not? Yeah. There's a couple cold ones waiting out there for us. Uh, mm-hmm. Elite offensive threat, Brett Clark. Uh, back to the trade talk. I know there was some stuff floating around online. Like, oh, could the Oilers get back in the mix on Jacob Chikrin? Don't hold your breath on that is, is I think, where this is going. I'm wildly intrigued by this Chikrin situation because you haven't moved him. Boston's now out of the mix. There was that rumor that Columbus had traded or had a deal in place, Gavrikov to Boston, and then Columbus was going to use the assets to go out and get Chikrin. And that was going to be the big swap. That's now dead. Whatever the Coyotes had a couple of weeks ago is dead. And Frank Saravalli's reporting that they are calling around the league again, redoing this whole song and dance about Jacob Chikrin. The cost is going to drop a little because it has to.
2: There's- it would be funny if they price themselves out and he's just been sitting there on the sideline and just,
0: waiting it's embarrassing but it's also the coyotes (laughs) so like
2: they're just destined to be awful forever are they not
0: forever i don't expect just sorry i don't expect the oilers to go back in on the chicken thing but anyways
1: so the gavrikov thing is interesting now i think it is a little so if you were the oilers firstly would you be in on him now with the market going the way it is like i think you're gonna have to give up a similar deal to what Austin just did for all of. I'm not giving up my first round pick for Vla.
0: I'll give up a second for Jensen. I won't get Gavrikov then.
1: But, however, if you give up a first for Gavrikov, but you then got somebody on the same one and a half million or whatever it was for Halfway, like I'm just looking now. They, it's kind of a dumb question. They don't have anybody. <laughs> just, well, that's the only that's thing. The thing. They don't really have anyone else to put in the deal with it. Gustav Nyquist. is you get LTIRM? True. Maybe I, I might do that. Would was, you give
0: up a first, a second, and a third for Nyquist and Gavrikov? I wouldn't. Gavrikov can't play.
1: Or sorry, Nyquist can't play yet. But he can play in the playoffs. Maybe. And you get better with him. I think I might. I wouldn't
0: pay that much. I would do a second, a third, and
1: Fogel to make the money work. Second, a third, and Fogel to make the money
0: work. Basically, I'm giving Maybe, up. I guess. I'm giving up a second and a third for Gavrikov, and I'm giving up Fogel for Nyquist.
1: Interesting. Trust him. I don't know. I Maybe I throw, I throw a in like in if they want just a body. Speaking of like, will this team get better with those two guys in there? Probably. You
0: think? I, yeah, listen, not? I think they're better with Gavrikov for sure. I think there are better fits out there than Gavrikov, which is why I'd be looking at a guy like Nick Jensen.
1: Yeah, I, it wouldn't be my first call. No. But I would just go get Max Domi still. JCD says the
0: answer is Luke Shen and Nick Bukestad. I don't know what the question is, but I don't think that can be the answer. for. The I was
2: going to say, we got to start asking some different questions here. Mm-hmm.
0: Got to aim higher. Got to aim higher. Sergeant Battle says, I say, focus in on Ekholm and Jensen. I'm with you. I like Jensen. I like Ekholm. The fact that I'm sitting here talking about how I'm liking Jensen means he's probably going to get traded somewhere else in the next three hours because that's the way it goes.
2: Um, yeah.
0: Egg Milk. Mm. Whenever you stop it on the show, it's yes. our chance to check in on Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I even wore today, I forgot to take off my hoodie before the show started.
1: I wore my Keep New
0: Forever shirt just for you. The dude's on fire! It's unbelievable. He, he is, is now on a, fire. He's tied for ninth in points.
2: Got nine points in his last eight or uh, five games. Nine points in his last five games. Lee. four goals.
0: It's insane. Good. Twenty-eight goals in fifty-nine games this year works out to a pace of thirty-nine. About thirty-nine goals over eighty-two games. This dude might score forty this year. <laughs> We've talked about this so many times, but I love it.
2: Jason Greger did an interview with him yesterday, two days ago at othersnation.com, just a real quick one after he set the career high in points at 70. And it was interesting to see Nuge talk about how he spent his entire summer just shooting pucks. Really? Shooting pucks, shooting pucks, shooting pucks, shooting pucks. pucks. like last night, his shot in off the post, he sniped it. Sniped it, it. yeah. But he's shooting laser beams out there. I'm pumped for him. Like 29 years old. He's been with the Edmonton Oilers for 12 seasons. Yep. He's having this year now hit a, hit a milestone last night too, with 600 points. What's not to like about new right
1: now? Nothing, nothing. I'm all on. I'm on
2: board. And it's not just like we were arguing about this yesterday, a little bit on the real life podcast. Yeah. It's not just power play points for him either. No. He's getting the job done. So Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I'm pumped for you, man. I'm pumped for you.
0: Congrats on 600
1: points, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I I was going to say, but now this feels like another silly point for me, but I'm on a roll, so I may as well keep going. The Others have that rule, right, where they don't retire numbers for Hall of Famers. Yep. If they're not Hall of Famer, I know they have the Ring of Honor now, but like, if... Ryan Nugent Hopkins becomes the first Oilers to play the, his entire career with the Oilers. Do you not think that warrants like yes, a exactly. retirement number? Totally.
0: I actually, I was talking to someone the other day. I said, I think he
1: will be the one that breaks that. I think he should. Think
2: I'm super biased, but hundred percent.
1: I think even if you're not biased, just look at what he's done. He's been through with this team through literally the worst times. Yep. And now he's just got, what was it? Sorry, 600 points last night? 600, 600. points, yeah. I just don't see how you don't. Yeah, and it's going to be a while, obviously. It's
2: been but. interesting to his career to follow just because like you said, Liam, he had was on some terrible, terrible mm-hmm. teams here. Never a word of complaint. Connor and Leon are the stars. doesn't say a word yep. about it. Just slots in behind them on the depth chart and quietly goes about his business and puts up 72 points in 59 games.
0: Here's, here's what I'll maybe add on to that as well. Actually, they got to win. If he, if he gets sure. a ring here, because yeah. if he gets a ring, I think you can lock in 93, 29, 97. The last two are locked in already, no matter what. But 93 goes up there if he gets a ring here. 100%. 100%. Chat's yep. loving him as well. Nuge is a legend. Lance says, raise the Nuge banner, take <laughs> down the Garth Brooks banner. Seems like a good deal to me. One God, for one. 100%. Who yep. says no? Uh, Listen,
2: Nuge has been a part of more sellouts at Rogers Place than Garth Brooks ever was.
0: That's a True. good point. You know? A really Garth only point.
2: has nine. Get out of here, Garth. <laughs>
1: I love that. Uh, (laughs) 93 will never have as much love as 94.
0: That's an interesting point, but that's why I said if Nuge wins here. Smitty never won, right? Never got got the ring. Got close. And he left. And he left. That's a good point. Yeah.
2: Like if Nuge is here, coast to coast. And I also don't know that I agree that Smitty is loved more than Nuge because even when Nuge hasn't played well, he just kind of skates through it. Mm. Yeah. Navigates through it again. Like people love him. I love Ryan Smith too. Though. This is a good problem to have. We love our Ryans here in Edmonton. We do. Including
0: Derek Ryan. As we do love Garth and oil country though. Sure. We do. True. Yeah. we love Nuge more.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Lance says Nuge is. Nuge is this generation's Smitty. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Um, both legendary. Loomis says bring back 89 Sam Gagne. Sure. Well, probably not, but why not? Uh, Let's get to our Betway wrap for today.
2: I had a great night last night.
0: Did you? You cleaned up? Great night last night. I missed on my game day bet. Did you hit yours?
1: Yeah, I I only had dry saddle goal. Oh, yeah. And Jay hit his as well. Jay is... Jay's in the win column. One for eight. He's been big. It's big for him.
2: Here's what I did last night. Feel free to congratulate me accordingly. (laughs) Ryan Nugent Hopkins to register and assist. No problem. Done. Boom. Got that one out of the way in the first period. Under... 70 and a half shots, Tyler. Sweating that one out right to the last yeah. minute. Check that one off. It's a high line. And then I also put down a Connor McDavid anytime goal and Oilers to win on the money line. That was a nice little I did that one too. pre-build bet for me. Yeah, friends, Thanks for our friends at Betway.
0: I did win a little, but not as much as I would have hoped coming off a 7 to win. I needed a Zach Hyman goal and it would have been a great night for me. But anyways, Oilers tonight. We'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Mountain time for a Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day edition of the show. We'll go From 10 right up until puck drop at 10.30. Uh, Tonight in the NHL, though, you got a couple of things you like. And I'm I'm with you on one of them, too, actually. But not both. Not both. Just once.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to take the Canes on the puck line against Ottawa because Ottawa doesn't have goalies. I think Talbot's back tonight, though. Is he back? Okay, well, uh, Carolina's been on a four-game win streak, too. Nine and one in their last 10. Yeah. Winus 105. Winus. Minus 105 on home ice Mm -hmm. for puck line. I'll take that. And then... I just want the Rangers to lose to the Islanders. So I'm going to take the Islanders. You mean the, the Kings to line. lose to the Islanders? What did I say? Rangers. Sorry, I was just thinking of New York. Mm-hmm. LA. It's actually lose. a really good spot. The Kings played
0: last night and are three and five straight up on the second half of back to back so far this season. And the Islanders have two wins this week coming over the Jets and the Penguins. They've beaten a couple teams this week, is my point. Mm-hmm. Sorokin should be starting. I love that minus 125 spot. Also, William Nylander's shot prop tonight is a really good spot set at three and a half he's hit this in five of his last six and over those six games he's averaging five shots on goal so i like taking william nylander over three and a half shots and we're squad riding islanders to beat the kings <laughs> i saw that you just got left hanging there <laughs> i didn't see what happened uh bag milk thanks for hopping on the show today man bless you mm-hmm. we'll uh, have an episode of oilers nation radio coming out in a couple of hours as well so i met
1: somebody the other day when I went to the movie theater and they you asked told me how us. the movie was ah. in the chat today. Ah. I can't remember what the name was in the chat. Oh, yeah. But Ant-Man was fine. I put an 18 out of 31 on my Marvel Cinematic Universe rankings.
0: That makes it sound like it was terrible.
2: That, well, very it's mediocre. 31 movies. But it's in the back half. It's like parked yeah, firmly it, in the it,
1: back nine. It's in my category of I would rewatch, but not religiously. Okay.
0: Uh bagged milk the bro down brought to you by our friends at Star Mechanical. Check them out, starmechanical.ca. Shout out to the sports closet, three locations in Edmonton, St. Albert Mall, Sherwood Park Mall, and Kingsway Mall. AMA travel. Head to NationGear.ca. If you want to get in on our latest nation vacation, we are going to the six. And our friends at Betway 19 Plus, please play responsibly. We'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Thanks to everyone who tuned in today, and we will chat with you tomorrow.